Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. All right, I got an idea. You know how um, a lot of people on YouTube are, these rich truckers are giving people um, free money and, you know, giving back. Uh, sometimes they're like, you know, $10,000 to strangers and there's all these games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we don't have money to give like that. But what if we, if it's a couple session, we go together. If not, I'll go alone. We make a house call, free session, anyone who falls from the sky, and uh, it's just me making house calls on my Harley. I mean, I love the idea of giving back. I think that's great. I think uh, especially like the idea of a free session. I don't want you going into some random person's house, though. I want you to vet them and make sure it's like legit. I mean, from safety perspective, right? So if you can do that, then I think it's a great idea. Perfect. 30 minutes. We're meeting a couple in Echo Park. We're just going to lay out the blanket. I'll go on my bike. You take the car. Oh, God. I'll see you there. John. (sighs) Our relationship began during May of 2020. We both came from Rocky Pass with relationships and troubled parents. I personally have been cheated on a few times, plus my own abandonment issues with my father and abusive mother. He has had his own set of troubles with relationships, such as abuse, leading him to seek comfort before cleaning up his side of the street. In addition, a cold father and abusive mother. Unfortunately, his past is very present or well-known in our community due to him being from LA. This unfortunately became whispers in my ear as we became more serious. Anytime I try to discuss these things, he would become defensive, only aggravating my insecurities. This would lead to a fight, gaslighting, and packing to leaving. This would place me in a shutdown, protective mode of my heart. We would eventually, after time, find ourselves together yet again, as our soul connection is deep. In May of 2022, for a few months prior, I kept feeling off about where he was at. He felt distant. Plus, I noticed signs of him potentially seeking comfort outside of us. I was left with an extra phone of his, to which the intuition was very loud. Against my typical respect of privacy, I sought to soothe my intuition. I found communications with an ex-girlfriend of 10 years. These communications, in my opinion, were emotionally cheating. Also, with the idea to meet up when he was out of town working where she lived. He claims this never took place. This led to him gaslighting me about how I shouldn't be going through his phone and what have I been doing. Clearly a protection on his part to hide the broken trust. We did not speak until late July. I was hurt. Sure enough, after a month later, when I realized I was pregnant, I reached out to speak. I approached it from a place of, I'm 35, I want this child regardless of your choice, and abortion is not an option. I'm offering you the opportunity to be a part of this child's life in any way you choose. This is not a trap to get a choice. This is something I've always wanted. We both have to choose to break the cycle of our parents and our poor choices in order to give this child the life it deserves. He was very excited about my decision and wanted to be a part in a big way. With our rocky past, I do fear a revisit as there will be extremely hard moments with a newborn. I'm hoping we can heal our wounds, leave the past behind, and choose a safer future for us to grow, as we are both willing to do the work to grow together.
We met through a girlfriend, a mutual girlfriend of ours. Uh, we were friends for about three years. Um, during COVID, we started spending a lot more time together. And that, uh, we, I just love the way he showed up for me. And I loved the way that we communicated and I felt just being around him. Yeah. Um, there was this understanding and trust and I, I just, we have the best time together. Nice. There's always so much the, to laugh about and he's a comedian. <laughs> We're lucky. Yeah. We're pretty lucky because we had each other during COVID. Um, friends before lovers kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Developed like this little family, got a dog and like hunkered down while the world felt like I was ending, right. basically. Um, so we trauma bonded pretty pretty heavily yeah, yeah. during those times. Um, and it's, you know, when you have that thing, that kind of like fast. Collision. Collision yeah. of, of like togetherness and yeah. like, you know, and then the world starts to come back online. Then I think the natural reaction is like, hold on or grab or, yeah. or try to, play chess with you know what's going to happen next because we just don't know what's happening so I think a lot of it is us just yeah, fearful a little bit unknown is, is there addiction on your side there has been yeah yeah um where like in your family or you uh usually alcohol and drugs yeah. okay. mm -hmm. with me it's been not an addiction so much as just like an everyday kind of uh you know cannabis intake okay. you know Used to be binge drinking when I was a DJ on the weekends, yeah, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. for a few days straight, mixed with drugs. Right. Yeah. Um, survived that from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Made a career for myself, and um, now my addiction is love. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of sex addiction. Yep. I've gotten good with, you know, removing that from, or try to get better removing that from myself like online porn kind of thing? Yeah, yeah like yeah, exactly yeah. like porn fixation yeah and, um, how did the love addiction show up in what way uh i found myself a few years back just like constantly going through relationship 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 mm -hmm. but yeah. like whilst being in a semi-relationship right um, kind of semi-open yeah. you know semi not open yeah. semi didn't care at the time you know damaging to people yeah. and i think that reputation carried over a lot into her meeting me mm -hmm. Um, and seeing me as kind of like this person that was on this brink of change or like making amends with that person, that, that man who I was. Mm -hmm. And I was finding out a lot about myself and then uh, it's been uh, just, a, we, we've both been growing towards being better about yeah. our communication about that, you know, mm -hmm. not assuming too much or not speaking up enough. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if your thing is addiction, whether it's uh, love, sex, love or sex, whatever, what mm -hmm. would be your thing? I am a workaholic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love to, it makes me feel powerful being successful in my career. Um, I've always had a ton of success being an entrepreneur. Um, but since COVID, it has been tremendously hard to rebound. It seems mm -hmm. like it's been one failure after the other. And it's really frustrating because I've always just found my a lot of my self-worth wrapped up in that um, drugs and alcohol have never really been a problem for me I've always been an avid cannabis user it is the industry that I work in um, but I've e even now being pregnant it was no issue for me to walk away right. so yeah, this isn't an issue 
Um, but uh, work has always been my end-all be-all. It's a lot of where my self-worth is wrapped up in. I did not come from wealthy parents. I've had to work for everything very hard. Um, and money has always in the past come pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And I'd say in these last three years, it has just been, it's like fighting tooth and nail. Um, launched my own business. It was more competitive than I anticipated. Needed more funding than I could have even prepared for. So having to let that go, moving into a new business um, as a salary position, um, which was great, a great resume builder, but unfortunately the company wasn't as stable as I thought. Mm-hmm. And so now I find myself 11 weeks pregnant and looking for another job yeah. and also you know, battling with my own self-worth mm-hmm. and how to show up being a good girlfriend, being a mother, what's, what's next. Yeah. And um, feeling like I, what, what to give. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, I want to commend both of you first and foremost for having the kind of, the idea ahead of time. Like we know there's going to be struggle, right? Um, and we, and we want to be as prepared, whatever that means, right? As prepared right. as we can be yeah. <laughs> for the things we can't prepare for. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you went there, John, because it is interesting when, when you have an individual or two people who for many of them throughout their lives they have found their identity in other things outside of themselves right whether that be work whether that be partying whether that be whatever it doesn't matter what it is other people right um it's it's going to be a practice of coming home over and over and over and as a couple it'll be a practice of coming home in your own way and then witnessing and supporting each other in that together as a couple right and making sure that you don't lose whatever work you're you're doing to establish that sense of identity when you become a unit um, because I will say as a mother uh, of a little one identity was the biggest shift right um, and so and it's still it's a day-to-day um, and having that person there that can just witness you and when you say I don't know who the fuck I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm losing my mind. All these things are happening. <laughs> yeah. And not trying to fix it, but just saying, I hear you. You know, that's going to be really important for both of you, really. What's the pattern of communication that's not working right now? Um, what's putting cracks into this? I feel like we are in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if any sort of crack is to be seen I think it's both us managing our temper mm. and just being That's like really what it is. It's, yeah. it's our tempers I mean we're both so community. tell us what happens when you fight yeah tell us um, what tempers it's not an argument we can't argue there is no argument <laughs> oh, okay, so it's what not like I have, I have a disagreement with you it sometimes it will somehow get personal or yeah. right. someone will take it personal right. and then yeah. it'll become a fight yeah. it's yeah. not even like and it'll, and a fight to the point where it's like oh I guess I'll be on the couch or, or yeah. at my house. So you know? people screaming, so people getting hurt and then screaming, then defensiveness and then separating like couch bed. Yeah. That's been the pattern. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think we should address that. I think that's something, uh, relationship definitely, I don't believe can survive. It's only a matter of time that it's going to fall apart if you don't know how to fight. Right? Yeah. Well, so, and having a child is going to bring oh, yeah. up fights that you never even thought you wanted to fight about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you didn't even know this is a thing yeah, you were going to yeah, fight exactly. about. Like, <laughs> shitty diapers? When did I ever think I'd be fighting about shitty diapers, right? right? Yeah. 
One of the things that we talk about um, in the book that has helped me, and I think it's, it's going to be a practice, like obviously just us saying it is not going to be the solution, but maybe it'll be like the first door or the first domino. Yeah. And that is uh, trying to understand before trying to be understood, right? So um, maybe going into the fight already with that. So that's your mindset and that's your mindset, right? So when you're going into it and there's conflict, that's kind of like, this is how we're going to start. That's the agreement. I just had an image of boxers when they come in and they like go in the middle and they kind of do this first before they sure. fight. Sure, yeah. It's like you're coming in and being like, all right, shake hands. So you have yeah. to create a safe space and the fighting has to be fair. Um, if one person's going in like that and the other person's assessing character, it's like, you know, someone with a knife and someone with boxing gloves. So uh, I think, yeah, I think the pact is, okay, here's what we're going to do. We know that our fighting is uh, aggressive or toxic. We're going to both try to understand the other person before trying to be understood. Right. Okay, so I think that's step one. Um, what do you what do you think about that so far? That's um, a great, a great theory yeah. to, to, to yeah. do in practice. Because sometimes, sometimes it can it can be um, you know like a match to a, you know a, a pile of tinder. It can yeah. just go up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like without can, without even knowing. Okay, so I want to actually I want to slow down just for a second, and I want to know briefly what happens for you when you're in conflict? What happens for you in your mind, in your body? Where do you go when he comes to you and says, hey, I need to talk to you about something, Francesco. This isn't bothering me or? Uh, a lot of times it doesn't even get there. I, I don't get that. It's usually uh, he becomes irritable or I can sense the energy in the room. Yep. And then it makes me feel uncomfortable or I'm on edge. Yep. And then I start to internalize and I shut down. Mm -hmm. And then I don't I don't want to talk at all. Because like now I'm just feeling Sound like somebody you know. Yeah, like I'm, we're looking at a mirror. I know. So. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're literally looking yeah. at ourselves across the So she's avoided I'm anxious. Uh, yeah. I can be irritable and pouty. Yeah. Right, change the temperature or like if of the I don't room. get sex or whatever. Right, right. Um, and I'm over here and be like, "What the fuck is wrong? Like, why?" And then yeah. she, it's, it's hard for her to express herself and, yeah. and, and where she's at and all that. Yeah. Um. So it, so the tension starts to build. Yeah. Right. And then it's like you can't even have a conversation yeah. because people are so. If I overexpress, if yeah. I feel like I overexpress, or if I'm if I'm getting to like I need answers now, kind of a situation, you know, like I can fix this. That that I go into it with that mentality. I can fix this. Just tell me what's wrong. Just tell me what the deal is. Tell me what's wrong. I can fix it. So let me ask you, why do you get to a place where do you know why the kind of energy shift? Why not just go to her immediately and say, hey, there's this thing I want to talk about? Um, it's finding the right temperament on how to say it, how to present it so it's not coming off as aggressive or, or I'm on the offense to, to, to start a fight. Right. Because the, then she will internalized and shut down. So how is that how is that defensive. system working for you though? Not. Right. I mean like it's it's not been the best. It's I mean depending on the situation of what it is that I'm trying to get get a right. you know get the, the situation. It's so you're anticipating and you're strategizing about how, how I can present it without it being being aggressive. And when you're in the place of strategizing, she already knows that something's happening. Right. She can read it a mile and, away. And then, and then I'm like a deal a meal. Is this worth the calories? Is it not worth the calories? I don't think it's worth the calories. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and let it go because really, water on a duck's back, right? And but I'm, it's not. Duck. Well, <laughs> never it, is. I mean, yeah. depending on how far you hold the duck underwater, <laughs> I mean, the thing's going to drown eventually, right? Exactly. Uh, so that's kind of the. 
What happens when something's bothering you? A lot of times I process and then I will try to find uh, just as such as him, how do I present this? How do I talk about it? Mm -hmm. Um, I I try to find a safe space to bring it up. Mm -hmm. And if I don't find a safe space, then I just don't bring it up. Mm -hmm. And then it gets internalized Mm -hmm. and then I choose, just like he's saying, is it worth is it is the juice worth the squeeze so it's always worth it yeah i want to say that again it's always worth it <laughs> seriously okay when you've got people that are conflict avoidant and hella codependent by the way where it's like <laughs> it's just it's fine it's no big deal it's, i don't i'll brush it under the rug it's i can figure this out you know it's not worth it let me strategize when you've got that personality or the opposite personality right which is like the bubbling of emotion and like the let me just try to work this out but it's like so obvious to everybody that's in the room with you that something's going on for you internally yeah you got to talk about it and the finding of a safe space there's so much strategizing going on y'all aren't being present with each other because you're so busy trying to strategize the best time and the best way to have the best kind of conversation right and I don't know, what do you want to add to that? I mean, my gut is like, I know for me, so I'm gonna put myself in your shoes, right? I'm the conflict avoidant. Almost always, it's usually John coming to me with the thing that we need to talk about, right? Usually what happens for me is he'll say like, oh, this bothered me or upset me, and I'm like, you know what? This other thing bothered me and upset me too, but like, I'm not even aware of it because I'm kind of compartmentalizing and doing my thing. What happens is I shut down. I have a really hard time with the defensiveness because for many of us, not just me, a lot of us have this connection or this coupling between I've done something bad with I am bad. Mm-hmm. So by you telling me that I hurt your feelings, I said this thing, we gotta talk about this thing, I'm immediately in a place of like, I'm not worth it, I'm a bad girlfriend, I'm a bad partner, I'm a bad person, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad. So those things obviously can't go right. into him, right? So part of this conflict also too is both of you learning self-soothing techniques when you're in these moments right so for me what John said is so beautiful because I use what he says as a mantra so when we get into conflict when he comes to me and says we got to talk about this thing I immediately in my head start to go try to understand before being understood try to understand before being understood it's like I swear I'm listening I swear I'm but in my head I'm like rattling it off because I can feel the heat rising my stomach clenching I can feel myself being like fuck this fuck him I know how that I do this I do that for him and I get to this place of defense and if I hold that mantra for myself many times it'll help me at least stay present enough in like the I need to be calm and try to understand him I need to be calm and try to understand him and there's almost like a hump if I can get over that initial defensive hump then I can maybe be there long enough to hear him out because I want to hear him out, right? I want to, I want him to feel safe to talk to me. Right. How does that land? No, I, I think it's great. I mean, definitely there is a desire to want to understand, mm-hmm. but it is so much getting over that hump mm-hmm. of the self-worth, the mm-hmm. feeling like I've done something bad, I'm a terrible girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That is something that comes up for me. I, I mean, it came up today. Yeah. Just even hearing what I heard from my job, just being like, how can I even show up and be a good girlfriend mm. when I'm dealing with all of this over here? Yeah. And um, But yeah. at the end of the day, it is the most important to me. Mm. Our partnership and having each other to continue in the world is the most important thing to me. So let, let's do a little exercise uh, because there is prescription, there is you know theory, and then there's actually practice. Uh, what's something that 
you've been holding in or something that maybe you have uh, dismissed or minimized that you kind of wanted to talk about but maybe you didn't? Is there something recent? No, it's the, really the learning to fight and the communication. Yeah. Is yeah. It, knowing that just even just this weekend we got into a disagreement. He thought we were having fun. I took it more personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wanting to be able to get over, just like you said, the hump and not shift into defensiveness so quickly to be able to sort through being understood, trying to understand before being understood. Do you believe you're a good girlfriend? I do. (laughs) You said, um, how can I be a good girlfriend? Um, And you said that uh, sometimes you internalize your worth, especially right now with um, career stuff and, and insecurity and also being pregnant because it's such a vulnerable thing right what does that look like to be uh, quote unquote a good girlfriend uh, being present um, being from my heritage and southern it's uh, doing acts of service so mm-hmm. cooking breakfast in the morning making sure the house is clean uh, um, having dinner on the table like very cliche, but it means a lot to me to be able to do those things, but finding the strength within myself when I feel like I don't have the energy to carry on because I'm so weighted down from the day-to-day with work. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't, are those, um, is that definition of a good, good girlfriend something that you um, have been programmed that this is what a good girlfriend looks like because of the oh, southern or is that really truthful that that really is your definition do you know what i'm saying like like for example having dinner on the table or you know stuff, are these i things think these are things that are programmed and yeah. i think for me true to nature is is being faithful which isn't an issue for me um being there for my partner to hear what he has to say sure. um and feeling like it's hard for me to even hear what he has to say, feeling so pinned up and loaded with yeah. work stuff and worrying that that will only get worse with the child coming in. If you, and listen, we're just talking concept here, right? This is a little bit different than like the actual embodiment of it, but when we find our worth outside of ourself, it doesn't matter what somebody says, it's always gonna feel like it's an attack on that self because we're not established in that sense of self in ourself, right? So when we know and we have that established relationship to ourself, our partner can come to us and say, hey, this thing, you know, you took it really personally, whatever, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna sway us. Or the job is gonna crumble and it's not gonna sway us. Or dinner, you know, I'm gonna fucking burn dinner and it's not gonna sway us, right? But if we're always looking for things outside of ourselves to establish that base, that home base, there's always gonna be something that we can point ourselves, point to ourselves and say, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. You're not enough. See all of these reasons? Look at this list of reasons why you're not good enough, right? Right. So, as a takeaway from this conversation, because I wanna to continue to talk about the arguing. Not that you're not already working on this, but I think that, especially going into motherhood, is going to be something, you know, whether it's your own individual therapy, um, you know, reading, whatever it is that you need to do to continue to establish sense of self inside yourself, not anywhere else but inside yourself. Because you're going to need even more of those resources once you once you have this kid. What do you think about what she said about the whole good girlfriend and, you know, her um, the, the, the load that she puts on herself to... Meet the standards. She she has burdened herself 
with being a good girlfriend with all of these different tasks. Yeah. I take on a lot of them. I help cook, yep. clean a lot. Um, I'm OCD to the fullest. So I'm type A. I'm, I'm putting stuff away, cleaning it up. If it's not done my way, the right yeah. way, which yeah. is the right way, <laughs> then I'll do it myself. Like, I'll do it. Um, I think she's a great girlfriend. I think she says that... Uh, I think she equates it to us not having enough intimate time together which is why she's not a good girlfriend uh, and I can beg for her to be intimate with me you know every day or every morning you know so much before it's you know it's her time it's when, it, when, she, it's on, it's on a, when she wants it is that an yeah. issue is that a pattern do you put pressure on her to be intimate and she's either tired or doesn't want to I don't know if I I don't think I put pressure on her to be intimate no I don't feel pressured. You at put all. pressure on yourself. I put pressure yeah. on myself. I pout, but I don't put pressure on her. Maybe that is pouting is pressure. As somebody who's empathic, I but can I, read that. Wait, shit. I don't. I don't know if I pout because, I mean, you pout. What do you mean? Just kind of like we know what pouting I, well, is. I, I, I get irritable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pouting. Yeah. I get irritable. Yeah. I guess, and you know, maybe I close doors too hard. Oh yeah, yeah. Or the dishes get put away. Faster, yeah, yeah. So, a little louder because I just want to get. Yeah. I want to get to you know right. the 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 time we have on the couch, which yeah. is then usually sometimes it just by the end of the day. How often yeah. a week does the pouting happen? <laughs> I mean, every day? No, no, not every day. <laughs> um, I think it only happens if like we are aimed or poised to try to be intimate, and it's interrupted by a dog or a phone call. Yep. Or something of some other form of life, which I'm sure is going to happen with the child, right? Oh, and then it's going to be <laughs> finding the time, right? And then it's going to be finding the time to get back to that yeah. moment where, you know, at 46, that's not like <laughs> I'm not a Tesla. I'm a 64 Buick. Yeah. You know, I yeah. need to warm up a little bit. You know, I can't. You can't just get in and, and, and like hit the button yeah, yeah, yeah. and no, go. I get it. I get it. So, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> and and, and she's easy. 11 years my younger. So no, we're exactly we're 11 years too. I really feel like we're different. Okay. Peak. So it's when weird. you pout, what do you do? How do you take that? Uh, personally, yeah. I, of course. Yeah, definitely but. personally. And then I shut down, and yeah. then I'm yeah. like, Angry. and now I feel Angry. like yeah. I have to, and then it becomes performance anxiety, right, right, and right. then I'm like, I don't. Right. I don't even know how to be sexy at this moment, and normally yeah, that's yeah, not an yeah. issue for so me. So that <laughs> pattern has to be broken. Again, these are patterns. There's, they're, they're going to lead to um, complete. The wings are going to fall off, right? right. It's not stain- just over time. It's just I don't know how long. Um, so I used to pout. I used, used to. Uh, yeah, when I was married, I used to pout. Uh, <laughs> what if you're aware of that about yourself? Yeah. How can you, or do you want to stop that? Is there a way for you to? I mean, I don't, I don't want to like minimize it that you could, you know, but like I understand it's hard for you. But how can other avenues of focusing either on taking care of the dog, you know, some, uh, acts of acts of kind of acts of servitude yeah. to something else other than that need or want mm-hmm. that whether I start picking up around the house or you know, take the dog for a walk, something like that. I, I yeah. just focus on that. Maybe going, you know, skating the, the boardwalk, you know, sure. I'm very social. So I'll just go dive into a friend, mm-hmm. you know, 
and like, hey, what are we doing today? Let's go have lunch and go play golf or just do whatever and go smoke weed, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. let's go burn one and talk shit. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of that, I guess, out when I'm with friends. Is that um, realistic? Meaning, is that something that you can do and that you can sustain? Or is that something that you're saying now and you do it once and then you're pouting again? And also, does pouting then lead to you um, um, watching porn and then taking care of yourself and then having anger and resentment that you have to take care of yourself, like that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's that that has been... So you, you yeah, tell us how you're going to break this pattern or how you want to. It's something that I'm telling you has to be broken, in my opinion, um, because pouting either way is mm-hmm. just not going to work. Well, and I think I, I... I think that's why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> how do I break that pattern? <laughs> how do I break that yeah. pattern? Right. I mean, because it's... So I, yeah. I recognize it, you know, yeah. and so... I'll tell you. I'll say, I'll tell your blunt. story, because you have a similar yeah, and, pattern. And, and also, um, because we, we don't have... We, we have this time and that's yeah. it, yeah, so I'm just going to be blunt. Um, I think it comes from addiction. My dad was an alcoholic, and you know, with um, addiction, uh, emotional growth is stunted. And also, if your parents or their parents were alcoholics, mm-hmm. somewhere in that tree, uh, there's a lot of adult children, mm-hmm. right? And so, I think the pouting comes from uh, either your addiction or your parents. Uh, where there's been an emotional, it's like a, a, a 15-year-old right. that doesn't get the, you know, the keys to the card is, you know. Right. And so, I think you have to be aware of, okay, that's that part of me. It's that expectation, you right? Mm-hmm. It's the 15-year-old me that yeah. has been stunted, that mm-hmm. is angry, or that he's not getting intimacy. How can I self-soothe mm-hmm. that person? Healthy. So yeah, that Healthily. part Healthily. of Healthily. Yeah. Right. So right. you Healthily. have to be the adult yeah. tapping into the 15 year old yeah. that has not been you know raised with right. you know whatever and so you say oh here's the opportunity for me to grow what can I do mm-hmm. so that could look like going to a friend that could be skating that could be riding a motorcycle whatever whatever right. it could also be rubbing one out to porn whatever you think <laughs> right. it's good for you right. yeah. um, but it's time for you to be an adult yeah yeah, yeah. and you know this practice that. you know yeah, yeah. it's like it's like you you see that yeah. split happen in yourself I think what's so beautiful about the fact that this is such a similar story is I've been watching you and witnessing you going through this experience of saying like when you notice that need it's like it's almost so obvious to see that inner child in you that part of you that has a need and the need is not necessarily sex right the need is connection the need Mm -hmm. is closeness the need is to feel sexy to feel desired to feel connected right and that need is not being met and so now I'm gonna pout the thing is as adults we have to meet our own needs the vast majority mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Thing is, a lot of us don't learn that as kids, mm-hmm. right? How do we learn that as kids? We actually learn that as kids by having parents who meet our needs. Most of us didn't have that. Right. For whatever reason, right? It's not to blame the parent. They had, they're busy, they're this, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now I'm out here as an adult expecting yeah. people to fill my needs and then being mad when it doesn't happen, when in actuality it's about reparenting. But he, here's the value in it, because you're not doing it for her. You're actually doing it so you can have a better, healthier relationship with yourself. Yes. It's actually going to grow your self-esteem, right? What can you do when you notice that he's pouting? And if your knee jerk is, oh, there he goes again. And, yeah. and you pissed know, off. Pissed off and Internal. all. That's all he fucking wants is my body or whatever. What can you <laughs> do uh, in that instead of what you usually do? How do you change it? Your normal pattern. How can you support him in that but also... 
you know, have your own stance and, and not, you know, lose sense of yourself and, and your... I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's I, not giving in. It's not yeah. saying, okay, well, let's just do it then. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't agree that it's that. Yeah. Uh, I don't I agree just, that, that it's that either. No, yeah, no, of course not. Yeah, right, right. No, right. I, I just, I don't know yeah. how, and beyond not saying anything it's almost like i just get quiet and don't really know what to say so this is what's helpful for me Mm -hmm. um if she says to me hey listen uh i'm a little touched out or i don't feel sexy or you know i understand that we haven't had sex in a while whatever i i if she's empathetic toward me um and just lets me know that it's not that she doesn't desire me but we're just, you know, two different places or we're t- whatever, we're tired or whatever. I, I, it makes me feel good. It yeah. doesn't make me feel rejected. It doesn't right. make me feel ugly or neglected. You know what I'm saying? It 100%. doesn't activate me. Yeah. I feel safe. And then now I can go take care of myself or I, I'm at least a more understanding. So if you, could, give- if you can meet him there, right, your version of that, yeah. um, you guys are now handling the problem together instead of, just reactions. I'm going to give a yes and to that because if he's already in the state of pouting for whatever, it doesn't have to be sex by the way, right? right. It could be anything. Right. And you're already like that feeling internally where you're like, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm like annoyed and I'm internalizing it. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. I did something. What did I do? Staying in that place obviously is also not healthy either, right? Correct. So here's the thing. This is the challenge that John and I will have is sometimes I'll say it's hard for me to come to you with compassion when I feel like I'm also not getting the compassion back, right? A little bit of it is someone's got to go first, which is a little hard, right? But my version in that that of compassion might look like, John, I notice that something is going on with you. I can sense that something's wrong. I'm getting really activated right now because you're not saying anything. So I'm going to go for a walk. When I get back, maybe we can talk about what's wrong. Yep. Right? So what happens is I am saying out loud what I know is happening because I can feel it a mile away, right? I can sense something is going on with you, but guess what? I'm also activated. And I can't have a conversation with you when I'm activated because I'm not going to be able to pull from compassion. I'm going in pissed off already, right? Yeah. So what I need to do is actually say I sense what's happening here. I'm going to go take a walk and do a little self-soothing. And then when I come back, maybe we can connect. And then go do what you need to do to kind of be like, okay, right? Because if you're coming in hot already, like, forget it, right? You're already, yeah. like you said, that's that match. The kindling's already there. How does that land? No, that lands perfectly. I mean, a lot of times it does turn into me taking a walk or going and doing something to distract myself, but the communication isn't there that that's what I'm doing because... I know anything I'm saying in that moment is going to be hot and I don't want to start an argument. So it's better, it's better to say, Hey, I'm in this place and I need to get back to a healthy place. And then when I come back, we can communicate around that. And guess what that does? That gives them an opportunity for you to say, I see you, Mm -hmm. something's happening for you, right? I'm going to take time, which also gives you time in that moment to be like, Oh shit. Okay. I'm doing that thing. I'm pouting. All right, let me take a moment, take a beat. How do I want to talk about this? What should we address? And now you've both got a little space. Neither one is walking on eggshells because it's in the middle of the room now. You both know there's something going on. But now you're coming back into it prepared to have that conversation. I wonder if even that little change in both of 
the perspectives would at least somewhat take the charge out of it. I agree. <laughs> you have um, you have to get going. You yeah. have nine months to lay tracks. And these, I'm telling you right yeah. now, if these tracks aren't laid, um, whether you guys are with each other or someone else, yeah. it's gonna the same shit's gonna come up. Give us what your homework is um, before we end, so you guys leave with something that you know that you can make your, each other accountable for, right? So what would what would it be for you? Um, I'm going to put into practice the 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 identifying the pouting before it begins, yeah. and then or once to, you're in it, that's fine. Even when I'm in it, yeah. yeah, and then to acknowledge it, and then just to say I'm going to go just do something about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's gonna, I'm gonna go for a run, yep. or I'm gonna go lift weights, or right. I'm gonna go skate with the homies, or, yep. or go burn one with some friends, whatever it is, and just communicate it with her. That that's on the surface. Internally, you're saying, oh, fixing it's, myself. It's that, the, well, no, no, I'm you're saying identifying. That, yeah, it's that 14 year old right. that you know was used to whatever it was, right. and I'm uh, I'm going to as an adult take care of him. Right. Right. Uh, I'm not gonna let him control me. Or throw a piece at the wall, or right. not, you know. And I think that connection, that reunion, is important. So you're not just doing something, right? Because that's a band aid, right? You're on this journey with your own self, yeah. And saying, oh, okay, I notice, I'm pouting. Where's that coming from? Oh, it's coming from because you know whatever my dad, whatever it was, right? right? Yeah. And you're talking yourself through this. And why are you doing this? Yeah. So and by the way, that up. share, yeah. that's what you're going to come back and share. When you do reconnect, you're bringing to her, here's what that 14-year-old was, go- what, what was that story the that was journey. happening? Here's what's yeah. going on yeah. for me. Because guess what? That's going to elicit compassion and togetherness. Because it's not about, I want to be intimate and you don't. That's not what it's about, right? It's, I, I feel like we haven't spent any time together. I'm feeling disconnected. Again, I need to be desired. Whatever the story yeah. is, right? And I'm looking for external soothing. But if you're able to sit with that and figure out what that 14-year-old is really desiring in that moment, having that kind of conversation is going to establish a much deeper connection and elicit very different responses, right? Okay, so what would be your homework? <laughs> my homework is um, finding things to self-soothe my, and build my self-worth mm-hmm. uh, that are um, healthy and to communicate when I feel that shutdown is coming and that I feel aggravated um, to communicate that, find a healthy way to exert that hot energy to come back and be in a place to have understanding before I'm even understood. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, really amazing to meet with another couple that would be instead of just one individual, um, especially it being like a mirror that... Um, they experience them that the same things we are experiencing um it felt really uplifting to um hear someone else's story to not feel like we're alone in this yeah. that other couples deal with this too and um wanting to find solutions to continue forward yeah it was um as he said he he, he pre-told us it would be direct and it was it was very direct I love and that. i appreciate that because it forces you to have a genuine reaction forces me to have a genuine reaction when somebody kind of comes off the cuff and gives you um, intense uh, questioning like that which is great um, and their exercises were thoughtful um, something that we want to put into practice what was really interesting for me was how similar uh, they were to us and I think a lot of times when we do sessions um, 
we will find similarities in clients and relationships that, you know, things that we struggle with as well. Human nature, right? Yeah. Wanting to connect and seeing yourself yeah. and other people's stories. But it, it's, it's always powerful, I think, when somebody comes in, you know, as a couples therapist, with such a established, like very obvious sense of love and, and respect and reverence for the other person, because that's something that's really hard to rebuild. So I think the value, a valuable takeaway for me right. is that reminder to do this kind of work when that reverence and that love is still there and still powerful. Um, because sometimes I think people start doing this work sometimes too late. I think they have a chance because of what she's talking about. Uh, they have a sincere, gen genuine love for each other. Yeah. And I think if they could get, uh, um, you know, if they could swim past the breakers, as we say, and uh, practice more and how to create a safe space and, and kind of take ownership for all the stuff that comes up individually, uh, they have a great shot. And I think the child can actually get them to um, get be closer, although it's, yeah. you know, the logistics are really difficult, but of raising a child. Yeah, these are skills, right? Like what they're working on are skills. Um, the love is there. Like the skills can be learned and yeah. honed and taught, right? Um, but the base is there. It felt more of a conversation between friends than it did a therapy session, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's great and powerful for us to be able to connect with other people and, and do our best to provide, I don't know, some kind of nugget or some spark of a desire to, you know, to learn more, to grow more, to do more in their relationships. And so I, um, it makes me walk away kind of feeling... I, you know, enlivened, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, for me, you know, as therapists, we're supposed to have, we're supposed to do some pro bono work. We're supposed to give mm -hmm. back. And um, I've, I, I haven't found my way of doing that. Um, I've done it a few times as far as online, but I feel like uh, maybe this is my way of, of doing that, giving back less time. Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordeaux, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.